Hello, everyone. I'm Brendan Marcello, joined by Michael Nyslick. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Thanks for listening. As always, we're presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. You should check out their new pop-up location at Pepper Place in downtown Birmingham. Donuts available Tuesday through Saturdays, 8 through 8.30 a.m. until they're sold out. You don't need a pre-order at all. So check that out. You can also pick up their donuts, of course, at Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Montgomery and Auburn, and also now available at Lavish Coffee Bar in Jasper. You can also order their donuts for corporate events. So make sure to check out WeHaveDonuts.com, beautiful gourmet donuts available uh, with a click of the mouse. Do people still click on mouses or mice? I just said mouses. Anyway, this is the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Thanks for listening. It was a busy, 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 busy Wednesday uh, in chronological order. Uh, Auburn rehires J.B. Grimes as the offensive line coach, which we knew was probably going to happen since Tuesday, since a few hours after Herb Hand uh, resigned and left for Texas. Uh, The Auburn basketball team lost to Alabama, saw their nation-leading 14-game winning streak come to an end. And Auburn uh, is closing in on hiring its new athletics director, which uh, we've been told by sources at Auburn Undercover, Dot com will be Alan Green. If that name doesn't sound familiar, don't feel bad. This is kind of a surprise uh, to a lot of people, including those at Auburn. Uh, he is the athletics director at Buffalo, has a lot of SEC experience, and has come from some pretty good schools. We'll get into that later here on the podcast. But, Mike, I wanted to just quickly hit on basketball, and then we'll hit on basketball more here later in the podcast. But Auburn – Losing 76-71 at Alabama. They actually had a shot to win it there in the final seconds. Weren't able to do it. Uh, what was the reason Auburn lost this game, especially with Alabama being shorthanded without their potential lottery pick and Colin Sexton out due to injury? Yeah, he was ruled out a moment, uh, about five minutes before tip-off. It was a kind of a surprise to everybody, I guess. Uh, after the game, Avery Johnson said he got hurt in Monday's practice day-to-day. So that caught kind of everybody off guard. And, Auburn kind of played lifeless. I mean, they didn't kind of get blown out or anything, but uh, that was a winnable game. Uh, Bruce called it a tremendous opportunity that they wasted, uh, considering, um, you know, really Petty hit eight three-pointers, and you take two of those away, and they win that game. You know, it was sort of uh, – and they never got really going offensively, shot poorly, turned the ball over a lot, had problems. Uh, Pearl was trying to uh, do some advanced kind of – uh, offensive system a game plan and he said the team was lost at some point and so he just pulled back um i just think you know we talked about this is a short rotation they've got don't have tons of depth the depth they have is good but 14 game win streak five games into the sec schedule i think they ran out of steam a little bit on the road it's an emotional game and with the, the arrival and you know out last week they didn't kind of have that letdown after Austin Wiley was ruled out for the season but I think that's still lingering just with everything kind of coming together I just think this team was kind of spent yeah um and you could kind of see that possibly happening at some point with this team I mean that three of or now four of their five SEC games they've trailed by double digits um yeah and it started slow again tonight it was like right. and so uh that's a concern but I mean you kind of see that they're uh a little tired I think yeah, they come back home Saturday against Georgia. We'll talk more about uh, Auburn's loss at Alabama here later in the show, but uh, uh, there's a couple of newsy items uh, on Wednesday. Number one, I think, of course, is Auburn getting its uh, first new athletics director uh, in 14 years, and that is Alan Green uh, from the University at Buffalo. It's not the University of Buffalo. Make sure you don't say it that way. It's University at Buffalo. Um Alan Green, um, if you haven't heard the name, uh, you're like a lot of people, that's okay. He uh, was an associate AD at Ole Miss for about three years. And uh, before that was at Notre Dame, his alma mater, where he actually played baseball in the late 90s and early 2000s, later in the minor leagues. But um, Alan Green is someone who's been described to me after talking to a few folks Obviously, he's young. He's he's 40 years old, all right? He turns 41 in April. Uh, very energetic guy. Kind of just gets it from a uh, personal standpoint. He's very interactive with folks. Gives everybody the, the time of day that they deserve. 
Uh, he speaks to everyone. He's not the type of guy that's going to kind of shrug someone off. Also, he's a heck of a fundraiser. When he was at Ole Miss, he worked under Danny White, who, by the way, Danny White's now the uh, athletics director at UCF. He worked under Danny White at their uh, private fundraising arm at Ole Miss, uh, much like Tigers Unlimited at, at Auburn, and helped spearhead a uh, capital campaign of $150 million, the largest in Ole Miss history. And that's kind of what he was known for there at Ole Miss, was him and Danny White kind of being this tandem that went around and was kind of raising money. And, of course, that has helped Ole Miss, one, renovate their football stadium and then build a brand-new basketball arena, which everybody uh, has heard about over the last couple of years. Very nice arena, replacing the old and really just junk pile of the Tad Pad. Uh, felt like you were sitting in a cave when you were in that uh, arena. But um, this is a athletics director who, one, yes, he does not have – a lot of experience as the man in charge, as the athletics director, but he's seen as a visionary in a lot of ways. He tries things differently. Um, he's not afraid to upset some people if he has to. I've been told that he's very pointed when he has to be, and he has been at Buffalo. But I think when it comes to the SEC, he's got to have a lot of experience in knowing people in this area of the country, but also he comes highly recommended by folks that have worked either either as an athletics director or have worked alongside or with or against Alan Green when he was at Ole Miss and previously at Notre Dame. Uh, he actually was in the compliance department at Notre Dame at one point. So he's got a lot of experience from that standpoint with fundraising and kind of knowing the intricacies of how a athletics department works. He's been doing it his whole entire professional career outside of his three-year stint in minor league baseball. But he hasn't been that man in charge for very long. He's only done it for two years now at Buffalo. But this is a man that was really, really pushed, I was told, uh, by the Parker Executive Search Firm, who Auburn hired to help them with this search. Now, of course, Auburn had a search committee that they pieced together to kind of vet everything with every, with the, uh, the hiring process. The president, Stephen Leith, for Auburn, of course, was presenting these candidates to the committee, seeing what they think. But in the end, this was always going to be a hire that President Leith made. But this is a hire that very much one that was influenced by the Parker executive search firm. He comes highly recommended, is a really hot name among the athletics director circles. And for that matter, it's a hire that I know a lot of Auburn folks have kind of gotten sick of the good old boy network. And this is certainly going outside of that because not only has he never worked at Auburn, but he's coming from Buffalo where he's had to kind of uh, sharpen his teeth a little bit. And previously he was at Ole Miss, but really he's a Midwestern guy. You know, he went to Notre Dame, he played baseball, he was in the Yankees organization, and then worked up in, uh, uh, in Buffalo for these last two years. He's actually a Seattle, Washington native. So about as far away from... Uh, connections to Auburn as you can get and for a lot of ways this is a fresh start for the Auburn Athletics Department that they probably haven't had in 30 years Mike so this is uh, a hire that is uh, one surprising because of the name but two uh, certainly fits the bill of someone that's not connected to the uh, the old guard at Auburn yeah and I think it's kind of split the reaction kind of from what I've seen from reading online um kind of with the people that sort of, I don't know, wanted uh, familiar, but at least wanted a bigger name or some sort of name recognition and the people who wanted somebody just to shake things up. Um, I, and, I, and I think some of the points, the one major point that I kind of agree with that people are kind of, let's wait and see a little bit, is his lack of experience hiring coaches. Um, didn't make a significant hire at Buffalo in his two years. Both coaches were brought in before him, the football and basketball coach. Um and, you know, so a lot of the success, that foundation that, you know, academically or even success on the courts or field, whatever it may be, uh, was set up before him. Because, you know, I mean, he might have had a say as kind of a, was he the deputy, deputy director of athletics? Yeah, he was, uh, he followed Danny White to Buffalo uh, from Ole Miss. And he was kind of, his, he's been his right-hand man for the better part of the last five years. Yeah, years. so, uh, I mean, probably had a hand in it a little bit, but didn't have that final say, didn't have the 
responsibility. So I think that's certainly something that people kind of look at. And I think you, you know, you kind of look at it like he's a rising star, so it could be a home run hire. Or, and I've seen people say this could be uh, not go great. It could be too big for him, too big for, you know, he's young, uh, too big of a moment too early. So I, I, in, I think it could go either way. And, you know, uh, with the fundraising part of it, if he does that and they have stability coaching-wise, maybe the other part doesn't matter. And that's sort of, uh, I think, maybe how you look at it because a lot of the teams now outside of maybe men's basketball sort of are stable. Yeah, and what's going to be interesting, we discussed this in the past about how the new AD was going to have to be in kind of mini crisis management for like maybe the first year on the job, and that's still going to be the case, especially with basketball right now. Now, football, it seems fine now, but all it takes is one bad season and everybody's freaking out once again, but basketball is the immediate issue. Of course, softball seems to be on the back burner a little bit at this point, though the last we heard the Title IX investigation was still kind of wrapping up at that point. But uh, basketball, of course, is going to be a huge issue and something that Alan Green's going to have to look at. My my first question to him would be, what's the first thing you want to do as Auburn's athletics director? First day you sit down, what's the first, like, real decision you make? Um, you know, what what's his goal? What is his uh, master plan, so to speak, for the athletics program? Is it – Let's go raise some money and let's start putting some money behind football, like I keep saying and, and stressing. Or is he just going, "Hey, I need to get in here and feel my way out and figure everything out"? But um, I'm told he's a guy with vision. He knows what he likes to do. He loves the idea of fighting for facilities and building new things and finding ways to do it. That's kind of what he strives to do and fights for a lot. Um, I actually spoke to. Uh, to uh, Pete Boone, uh, former Ole Miss athletics director, right when we were about to write the story um, that he was going to be hired. And it was interesting to me, um, Pete Boone, I mean, usually, you know, when you hire someone, Mike, you make phone calls, you call for references, you just get a feeling out process. No one called Pete Boone. And like ask for his opinion <laughs> or, hey, what do you think about this guy? Even though he worked for Pete Boone at Ole Miss um, oh. in the athletics department. But we talked about him for quite a bit. I was like, hey, this might be the guy. What do you think of him? He was just he was gushing about the guy. Now, obviously, a lot of people gush about people they've hired or have on staff. But he talked a lot about how, you know, really it was him and Danny White that led that um, the uh the, the, the fundraising arm of Ole Miss Athletics and really got them going uh, beyond what a lot of them thought was possible. And he says, a very sharp mind. The guy's very engaging. He said, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And I think that personality will fit in well with Auburn because you need an athletics director. Obviously, you want an athletics director that's outgoing. But what we're seeing now in athletics is you're getting these more CEO types. I think what Auburn's getting is a CEO type who is also very outgoing and friendly. And I think that's kind of what they need. They need a little bit of both of, of both worlds. And I know Auburn fans might not like hearing this comparison, but it's a lot like Greg Byrne, who was just hired at Alabama within the last year or two. Um, kind of a rising star when he was at Mississippi State, went to Arizona, did some good things there, and now is at Alabama. He's a CEO type, but he's also very outgoing, uh, very energetic, and I think Auburn was looking for some of that same stuff, and they think they have found that with Alan Green. We'll see when they announce it. I, I'm told it could happen this week. Uh, in fact, I, I believe he's going to be in town Thursday, um, and probably we'll hear an announcement of some sort probably on Friday, if not before. But um, unless it falls through, so it has to be approved by the board, he's going to be the guy. Do you think Stephen Leith takes questions about the hire? He should. Um, I mean, he deserves that to Auburn people uh, and alums and uh, even the, the current faculty and students. You know, he has not taken any questions really um, from the media in a formal setting uh, other than a couple of phone calls uh, to some people on the beat since he's really been here um, yeah. as the president, as far as it involves athletics and everything that's been going on with that. But he needs to, and if he doesn't, I think that he's doing himself a disservice, but also... Uh, he's little... doing his guy a disservice. If the, you know, right. if this is his guy, 
uh, you want to get out in front and kind of tout his uh, his future and his credentials. So, right. and I'm told, and I'm told this is a guy. I mean, Alan's gonna. Uh, Alan Green's going to win the press conference. That's what everybody tells me. The guy's going to win the press conference. He's going to blow the doors off the place. But I want to. I want. There's some questions, obviously, that him and obviously President Leith need to answer. And I just don't know if we're going to get solid answers because it's such a new hire. And then go well. I still got things to figure out. But you know, my 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 question is is you know, have you ever hired or fired anybody before? And are you ready to do that in the SEC? <laughs> you should ask him if football goes 0 and 12. Oh God! <laughs> are you going to fire Gus Malzahn even though he's on 42 million dollars? <coughs> if I said that, he'd go, "What? How much is he owed? <laughs> what did I get myself Wait, into? <laughs> what? What, the, what is the contract? What? What? The basketball program had something with the FBI go? What? Uh, how many Title IX investigations? <laughs> what? Oh no. <laughs> I got the wrong job. Um, no, but, you know, we'll see. Obviously, he's he's got to prove himself, and I'm sure he knows that. I mean, I mean, I mean he's only been an AD for two years. Uh, it is a big jump, though. I mean, let's huge. make a book about it. It's a huge jump. I don't know how you would be like, I don't know what the comparison would be, but uh, it's pretty big. Well, he's going from the MAC to the SEC. That's like going, well, he was a minor league baseball player. That's like going from the minor leagues to – to being in the lineup for the Yankees one weekend all of a sudden. From like double A to the major leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say single A. That'd be No. no. Single A to the Patriots. No, but but and he's young too, so it's only two years of experience. It's not like he's been around at other stops. Uh he's young too. So uh interesting. Yeah. Different but, Yeah. Were you are you know, you mentioned the the kind of out of left field. Are you surprised? Yeah, his what name came out of nowhere. Because um, you had mentioned I think on Twitter there was a strange search Yes. That this morning or yesterday? That was this morning. Uh, were you thinking it was going in a different direction before this kind of came out? I mean, what was kind of your feeling well, about Based off what I was hearing was that, well, goodness, how long ago was it that we reported that Michelle McKenna-Doyle was pulling out of the uh, candidate's pool? Like um, a week and a half, yeah. two weeks ago? My understanding that. at that point was that they had zeroed in on their person. So hire. this was him? Now, but I don't know. That's why I said that, somebody else. Yeah, that's yeah. why that's why I said this search is weird because I I heard Robin Mullen's name come up, um, and of course it had been on message boards. And then I looked into it and I was told there was some validity to it, and uh, we put on our message board reported he is among the candidates, and then Dan Walken, who we all know who works for USA Today, said he was told that he wasn't really ever involved as a candidate, and uh, I actually talked to Dan a little bit Wednesday about it, and I was like, that's just so. It's so weird, and I said this strange. This search is weird. I, like I can't get my finger on it. And he said, "Tell me about it." He goes, "Not a lot." He says, "I've heard." He said he's heard a few names, and they're all getting shot down um, as candidates. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> I think they were keeping it close to the vest. But then, you know, this certainly looks like a hire, a sexy hire in the eyes of the search firm that was backed up by other ads in the business who say, hey, this guy is a rising star. I mean, you saw it Wednesday night from uh, Bruce Feldman and Ralph Russo from the uh, uh, Sports Illustrated and Associated Press when they talked to people in the business saying, this guy's a superstar, he, he's a bright rising star, etc." This is one of those kind of, you know, it, it catches the eyes of people in the business because they know about it and everything. But to even reporters like us or obviously fans, they're not, you know, they're not they're not picking up sports business daily journal, you know. They're right. not reading about the inner workings of athletics departments around the country. But this is a guy that, you know, if you took a poll of a- ADs in sports business daily journal or whatever, uh he would be be loved by uh the good majority of people in the business. But we'll see. I mean, um, it's going to be, uh, obviously anyone they hired was going to be interesting just because it's, they're taking a broom pretty much to this athletics department. Um, who, who does he keep around? Who does he bring in? Yeah. What, what are the connections he has in the business? Um, that'll help him out as he tries to form his own, you know, uh, uh cabinet, so to speak of lieutenants and everything. 
It's going to be a very interesting uh, next uh, few months, and I, I would be interested to hear uh, when he's going to start too, because they could drag this out till June if they needed to. Um, well, has Jay moved already? Isn't he on the well, that, that location was, across the country somewhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on the uh, dark side of the moon uh, yeah. with uh, Mario. But uh, no, I, I, we were told that he was cleaning out his office, starting to clean out his office a week or two ago. Um, so obviously he knew something was in the works. Um, also another just little bit of information on Alan Green. Uh, he apparently has not been in Buffalo like all week. Um, hmm. I don't know if he's been in town at, at all or not. No one's told me he's been in town, uh, but he hasn't been in Buffalo. <clears throat> not that anybody that was covering this would have been able to pick him out of a lineup of one. Unless he was wearing, you know, a, a Buffalo. I am Alan Green. <laughs> yeah, I am Alan Green, or he was wearing AD a at Buffalo. Yeah, he, he had a, he had a hat on that says "Athletics Director Interviewing for, for Auburn Job." Candidate number two. You know, uh, yeah, I would it's, have... it's not like a head coach, you know, right. high, kind you of, know. and fans spot them and can you know know them by sight. You know? Absolutely, but um, yeah, eighties are a different uh, different deal. But uh, I'm told he'll be in town soon, if not already. I believe he's. Uh, going to be here in town later this week, and uh, we'll see when he gets introduced. It could still hit a snag, of course. Legally, the board's the trustee still has to approve it. Well, I mean, people, we've seen strange things with hiring this year with college football, so weirder things have happened. So. Well, crazy things tend to happen at Auburn. I'm hoping nothing crazy happens uh, with this. They just need to hire him, get it over with, because this has been a, like I said, it's just been a strange search, you yeah. know. It went from, you know, we were being told that uh, Stephen Leith was looking for someone with 10 years of athletic director experience. Didn't he say that, too, on a record somewhere? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah so and it fell a little short. Uh, yeah, I mean, technically, <laughs> technically, Alan Green has, um, like, 10 well, years in an athletic like department's experience. Athletic director adjacent experience. Not right, yeah, I, you know, I don't know, but... Um, I think he'll be an energizing hire, a guy that'll try to bring the fan base together and will be successful in doing that. Um, but uh, it, I, I, more than anything, I'm interested to see what he does to that department. Who stays, who goes, who he brings in, and what's his first major decision? What what does he decide to do? How many funnel cake stations does it <laughs> We need more Mama Goldbergs inside the stadium. Well, part of the problem is, is now they've kind of committed to part of that stadium renovation. He's not going to have answers until he kind of evaluates oh, everything. Yeah. That's kind of the big question. Well, I mean, he's going to jump into the very deep end of the pool. And yeah. uh, he's going to have to one surface and then swim all the way back across the pool, get out of the pool, and then look at the pool and go, oh, that's the pool I was just in. I got to figure this out. It's going to be so, it's going to take a bit. And he probably won't have an answer if he thinks they should hashtag free Dan Joe. Yeah, I don't think Dan Jell is going to be free anytime soon. I think the only place he's going is... Should I ask him, what what does hashtag free Dan Joe mean to you? What's that mean to you? And he'll go, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I believe we're putting a pea uh, farm over here. Yeah, that's right. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm told Jay Jacobs, before he leaves, is going to put some pea pods down for us. And uh, water the first row. So I really appreciate him doing that for us. Um, but, um, yeah, anyway, we'll keep an eye on that, uh, of course. Uh, that's big news. Auburn's AD search seems to finally come to an end uh, here on the Plains. Now, the other bit of news, J.B. Grimes comes back to Auburn as the offensive line coach. Of course, he coached here from 13 to 15 in Malzahn's first three seasons as a head coach here at Auburn. Uh, comes back after a two-year absence, two-season absence, I should say. Uh, left for Cincinnati, got fired there because the Tuberville uh, regime was ousted, was uh, kicked out of Cincinnati, and then landed at UConn with former Auburn offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley. Then Lashley left for SMU, and, uh, you know, Herb Hand, there were reasons why, obviously. People were asking, like, why are you asking about his contract and everything? And it was, well, one, it expired, two, there are rumors about him possibly not being on great, you know, thick ice. Um, 
he and obviously that wasn't really the case. He was looking around. I was told he looked around for jobs and uh, landed the Texas job as the 10th assistant. And uh, on the very same day, I was told Gus had probably likely already has this guy. And then I started doing some circling and uh, started texting some people. And I must have said, I probably, this is, this is weird. The coaching hire stuff and searches. This is probably the one where I sent the most text messages. Um, and I knew it by mid Tuesday afternoon that it was going to be JB Grimes, but I could only report what I could report. And it was so frustrating trying to get someone on the record or even as a source. Because it was clear that Gus Malzahn already found him, and they were kind of just waiting till Texas one announced that Herb Hand was uh, hired, or Texas two got everything situated so they could do it. They were waiting for that for whatever reason, but um, yeah, Grimes is coming back to Auburn, a guy who very good offensive line coach. Everybody questions his recruiting, but I mean, he recruited Braden Smith, but wasn't he sort of pushed out a little bit? Uh, uh, he was at the time. He didn't really like the way things were going at Auburn. Um, so what's uh, what's different this go around? I think that's kind of the key. What's the well, time heals all wounds, or you, you get to have employment. He's he's not Herb Hand, or what's <laughs> what's yeah. the uh... well one. Um, He's already got a great relationship with uh, Tim Horton. I'm told that Chip Lindsey really likes him uh, when they spent some time together in 2013 when Chip Lindsey was an analyst. Gus Malzahn loves the guy, even though near the end of the tenure in 2015, Gus Malzahn was kind of micromanaging things and was really coaching uh, the receivers and the offensive line a lot and was kind of undermining those two position coaches and – Damian Craig left and JB Grimes left. Um, what's changed? Great question. I think part of it is uh, job security because obviously he was working for Rhett Lashley at UConn as his offensive line coach on, on that offensive staff, and Lashley left for SMU. And uh, I think. More than anything, Malzahn knows Grimes and what kind of coach he is. He's a tough SOB, and he gets the best out of the guys he has, whether they're two- or three-star or five-star guys. He coached Greg Robinson, he coached Sean Coleman, uh, all the guys. And the knock on him was the recruiting class he brought in with Bailey Sharp and Tyler Carr and Markwell Harrell, and whether you know some of them haven't panned out, obviously, and most of them haven't. But he also got Braden Smith, who turned into an All-American type. Uh, and he got on him late when other schools were not going after him. I remember hearing a story about J.B. Grimes driving 12-plus hours uh, to go see the kid in Kansas and uh, really connected with him, and he committed and was a big, big pickup for them late in the process um, and really was the guy who came in to replace uh, Greg Robinson and Sean Colvin at left tackle but end up being a right tackle. Um, if I recall at that point, they were looking for tackles and he was one. Um, but uh, I, I think it's a good hire. I know he's getting, uh, people are really giving him a lot of heck. People hate retreads. They hate, they hate retreads. So I think they that very rarely ever happen with the same head coach. Uh, yes. Uh, especially, you know, same side of the ball. Uh, just it's not, sort of a strange thing. But it's, almost, but it's interesting, you know, you talk about kind of what to expect in this new era with Gus and his contract. It kind of speaks to me that he sort of now can kind of do whatever he wants. And I think that became quite clear even when we hired Chip Lindsay before the yeah. contract. I mean, Gus was entering a hot seat year, and he figured, I'm going to ride or die with Chip Lindsay. I'm getting my guy. And – he survived and he got a contract extension as a result. So, you know, I've said this all along. I know people are getting on Gus's uh, butt and everything, but he won 10 games. That's hard to do. Um, they were in a near six bowl for a second straight year. Obviously Auburn could have done more. Uh, they could have gotten in the playoff and they fell one game short, but 
you know, you got to have some stability of some sort. And Gus is obviously making the hires that he believes will bring him stability. And I think J.B. Grimes was as good of a hire as you could have made at this point. I mean, signing days in three weeks. J.B. already knows the landscape. Heck, Wednesday he was already on the road recruiting, trying to get that uh, graduate transfer from Rice. Uh, he was in Houston recruiting Wednesday. So, um, plus JB's just a good guy. All the former players I've talked to have just talked about how. I mean, any any coach, you know, any player will talk great about their former coach or whatever. But you know, Chad Slade credits him for even getting to the NFL. You know, Chad Slade kind of struggled, and JB Grimes got him going and got him in the NFL really. And now he he started three games for the Houston Texans this season. So I, I think it's good hire. And I like JB too. I, I know him personally too. I never thought I'd cover him again, which makes it kind of weird because we actually developed something of a friendship over time, just texting throughout the season and everything about how things are going on at UConn. He also has one of my newspaper award plaques um, in his possession because his family his on his wife's side owns the newspaper that I got my start at the Nashville news in Arkansas. And I didn't know this until Grimes last season at Auburn. Um, I was just sitting there talking to him for a story I was doing about him, you know, working on a river boat and all this stuff as a kid. And, and uh, he told me his wife was from Nashville and all this stuff. I'm like, really? I said, I've worked there and sure enough made connected the dots. Oh, her family owned the Nashville news. And, Anyway, this is a boring story to listeners, but the Nashville News got sold off from the family to another part of the family. And before they sold the building and cleared the building out, J.B. Grimes went to Nashville for me and took my plaque off the wall that they kept and didn't give me and kind of didn't steal it because, I mean, it's mine, but uh, took it and took it to their vacation home there in Nashville and uh He's been saying for the last two years, I, I promise I'm going to get you this plaque. I promise I'm going to get you this plaque, and uh, I'm finally going to get my plaque back. So that, that's all that really matters to me, selfishly, is I get my plaque. So stamp of approval. Stamp of approval. Gus Malzahn hired him. Uh, it's going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars just so I get my plaque back. You heard it here first. Nice to do. You know, it's like the government. It's like a $50,000 toilet seat. They pay fifty thousand dollars for toilet seats. Yeah, haven't you watched Independence Day? Uh, not in a while. Is that something <laughs> you forgot that on? That's that's a line in the uh, movie. Anyway, it's been a few years. Yeah, well, you're not missing much. Um, so yeah, all right. Now let's go back to basketball. Do you think this loss at Alabama? What do you think? It kind of can we encapsulate this in some way in saying that this is how the season's going to go or I'm kind of the belief that you know the sign of a good team a postseason team is one that's in a game late even when they're playing their worst basketball and I know Alabama was shorthanded but to kind of still do what they did when they were down the way they were and just playing some of their worst basketball of the year kind of shows me that they're probably not going to get blown out this year by anybody. You know what I mean? In the past, Auburn would get beat by 15 points or something, but they're staying in games and finding ways to fight. Yeah, and I mean, even if they finish 500 from here on out, I mean, they're probably a tournament team, right? I mean, so, you know, and I think that's probably worst-case scenario. I mean, you kind of look at their schedule. uh, They get Alabama at home, uh, you know, South Carolina at home. Texas A&M, Vanderbilt at home. Those are all uh, winnable games. I mean, Kentucky's going to be tough. Georgia on the road is going to be tough. Florida on the road is going to be tough. But um, I think the, you know, looking at what they have left, uh, you certainly kind of say, look, 500 is very doable. Uh, and that's, I think, all they, you know, they've set themselves up to a point where that's all they really need to do. I just think Bruce needs to kind of manage the team so they don't bottom out and have like an eight-game losing streak. Um, you know, if they have to punt a game or two to try to get refreshed, uh, I think I, I, I wouldn't think you'd have a problem doing that just because of the, you know, they don't have that thin mark. You know, they didn't, it was like the football team where that LSU lost through their whole rest of their schedule out of whack. You know, they had to win every single game. They had no margin of error. 
Auburn's built up the basketball team's built up a margin of error. A pretty nice one, I think, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they come back home Saturday to play Georgia. Georgia team that could beat them. I mean, Georgia's kind of been topsy turvy this year. But what, what do you? What's your kind of early take on that game? I know it's early yet, but still. I covered uh, Yante Maiden in uh, uh, high school, uh, and I always was surprised that Michigan State didn't get on him early. He's a Michigan kid um, that basically didn't have any sort of recruitment in the state and decided to go to Georgia, and he's kind of thrived um, on on the player of the year watch list, and he's going to give them some problem. He's a pretty good big man. Uh, He's got some shooting touch, too, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, Anthony McLemore, who had that really good stretch, isn't playing particularly well right now. Uh, Deshaun Murray had his probably worst game of the season. And Horace Spencer defensively is pretty good, but struggles to stay on the court. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of face that guy. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting, without Colin Sexton, they've, I think, faced four teams without their leading scorer or best player this year. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Uh, and it's just kind of a lot. And, and, but that's sometimes how it goes, right? Luck is sort of uh, sometimes on your side. And so I was waiting to see how they dealt with the Colin Sexton-level type talent. Uh, Yante's probably not that good, uh, that transformative, but he's a very, very good player. So it'll be interesting to see how, because, uh, you know, Petty took over the game tonight, and, they, and he's, you know, really it was just his outside shot. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that, where it's, you know, he could take over a game where they haven't faced that kind of player yet. Yeah, in a lot of ways, Auburn reverted back to what it did last season with the perimeter defense. But how much was that the defense of Auburn, and how much of that was just Petty hitting it? But I think it was both. I mean, uh, uh, Pearl's take after the game was that, look, uh, even if you're playing good defense and you're contesting the shot, to play good defense would be to make him not take the shot, to make him dribble and drive. And so (laughs) you kind of, you know, some of those shots were defended. Some of them were just very good shots. But at the same time, you don't want to let him shoot if he's doing that. If he's shoot, you know, he's hitting eight three pointers, you have to stop him. And I think that was Bruce's point that, yeah, I don't think the defense was bad necessarily, but obviously room for improvement when somebody goes off for twenty seven points and hits seven three pointers without missing. You know, right? <laughs> you gotta you gotta change it up. Uh, Auburn's fourteen game win streak snapped. It obviously was not a bad road loss. In fact. Auburn's RPI, according to live RPI, as of late Wednesday night, is number nine. So it only fell like two or three spots. Um, it, it's a bad road loss in the sense without Sexton and, and um, what's his face? Uh, Hall, play, uh, five days removed from wrist, wrist surgery. That's a game you should win, and it's against your main rival. So uh, it, it's going to sting, not necessarily on your resume, but it's sort of, I think they're going to go home really disappointed. Yeah, right. Um, better to lose it on the road than at home, though. That would have been bad if they lost that at home against a shorthanded Alabama team. I, sure. I think that would sure. prompted a lot more questions about uh, where this team stands. But I think that I think that's what makes this game Saturday so much more important against Georgia. If they come out flat again, it's going to be like, okay, when are they going to get out of this rut? But as of right now, it's a one-game thing that you kind of saw building up in some slow starts and slow spurts for Auburn. And it just really just carried throughout the entire game at Alabama. Question is, can they ramp it back up and wake up, as they like to say on the Auburn basketball Twitter account uh, yeah. on Saturday? Like you said, the response, are they hanging their shoulders or do they come out with a bunch of energy? Uh, and what do they have left? Do they have energy left right now or are they tired? Is it just a matter of the fact that, look, you know, you're down two of your starters, guys that be playing major minutes, um, Bryce Brown's, you know, they've been kind of, able to divvy it up but Bryce Brown's been playing over 30 um, and you're just putting responsibility on guys that might not have played as much got two freshmen in the rotation so uh, it'll be interesting to see how what they look like in the first half especially because um, if they go down by 10 again or going to halftime with a uh, facing a big deficit I think you're gonna get, they're, you're gonna get questions now how how big of a deal is this but because you know otherwise they had won 14 won two of those games they were down so it wasn't that big of a deal necessarily right well and even uh, uh wednesday night they came back within a possession late it's just you can't wait around on the road right you gotta you gotta play i mean you gotta play through a lot of stuff officiating you gotta play through the crowd and uh, they just couldn't, couldn't quite do that uh wednesday night all right let's go to listener questions as we wrap up this episode of the auburn undercover podcast presented by we have donuts.com 
Uh, first question comes from Kyle Addison. He asks, do we need, do we see more design packages or drives from Malik Willis next season? Um, I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, let's see. The most popular player on a football team is the backup quarterback. I think they'll be more willing to go to him in blowouts because Jarrett doesn't need extra. He doesn't need all those reps now. I mean, he was kind of coming off that rust and needed time to get comfortable. He doesn't need that now. That's true. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of a weakness this year for Gus Malzahn, Chip Lindsay, is this reluctance to go to backups yeah. at the skill positions. Uh, of course, running back and even quarterback. Um, Auburn Rants asks, why are the NCAA refs consistently bad? Because they're refs. You're talking about basketball, I assume? Yeah. That's the yeah. Where yeah, today's game wasn't bad, uh, especially in the first half. had a real good pace. Uh, a couple of the other recent games were terrible. Uh, I just kind of come to expect that there's going to be a foul every time the, down the court, and the last two minutes of a game are going to take about a half hour. Um, they take the ball out of the kids' hands, which is the frustrating part. That's that's what pisses me off the most about what college basketball has turned into. It's not about the players – at the end of games, it's about whether you get a foul call. It's ridiculous. I mean, you're getting you're getting four timeouts, usually two stoppages to play to determine something. All uh, you know, eight fouls, twenty foul shots, and then it, there's just no. It's not fun. Well, and I think that's what makes college football the sort of you just have that final five minutes. And you can have those special moments. It's hard in basketball now with the way things have gone. Yep, you're exactly right. Uh, did a serving. Ask what kind of player is Auburn getting out of Harold Joyner? Um, you know, I spoke to him. He committed um, obviously over the weekend. He's kind of he's six foot three. Uh, he says he's like two forty five or two thirty. I think he could get up to two forty five. He's a guy that, um, as I've written, Gus Malzahn and Chip Lindsey believes could play more like a Charles Clay type for them. And if you're not familiar. Charles Clay came came from Tulsa where Gus Malzahn coaches the offensive coordinator for a couple of years. He was a bigger type running back, but he was more or less a receiver uh, more often than not, lined up at H-back and tight end at times. And they kind of see that with Harold Joyner, which means, sure, maybe he'll line up at running back, but probably he will might end up being an H-back uh, of some sort that they try to throw the ball to. And the, to be honest, you know, Auburn has not utilized the H-back as a throwing, as a passing threat all that much over the last three years or so. And they're trying to get to that. They they keep trying and they just can't do it. Maybe Harold Joyner will be that guy, but um, obviously he's going to be a freshman going into this year and he's still got to figure some things out with his body. And I heard he's got to be a little bit tougher uh, as, as a runner, but um that's the type of player they're really looking forward to. And, of course, that type of player turned Charles Clay into an NFL star. I mean, he's had 500-yard-plus seasons, I think, in the last five years with the Dolphins and the uh, Bills. So, uh, very good player. And I watched him play against Arkansas once when I was covering Arkansas. and He was the best player on the field for either team. He was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Blake Montgomery, our last question. Do you think there will be any more staff turnover after signing day? Um, <clears throat> I know a lot of folks are trying to throw out this rumor for whatever reason that Del McGee at Georgia is somehow going to join Auburn staff. Here's the problem. Auburn's already got 10 assistant coaches. They can't add an 11th, obviously. Someone would have to go. And so... You've got people on message boards and others saying, well, Tim Horton will be let go. I've been told that's not happening. In fact, he's probably signed a new contract by now uh, with Auburn. In fact, I think most of those assistant coaches have already signed new deals um, and things are settled now. Now, does a job come open he wants? Doubt it. Does a job come open for someone else? On the offensive staff, doubt it. But I don't know where the heck this Del McGee talk is coming from. 
it's a lot of wishful thinking because Dell McGee's like number one in the recruiting rankings right now at Georgia um, as a recruiter. And he, he was at Auburn for a couple of years. It's kind of where he got his start as an analyst. But that doesn't mean he's going to, one, want to come here to Auburn, or two, Auburn's going to make a move to bring him here. So will there be more staff turnover? I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Um, the only thing I could possibly see happening was Herb Hand leaving, and then that happened. I, I don't see that happening in a situation where you – see a trade, so to speak, with Tim Horton leaving and Del McGee coming in. I, I just don't – it just doesn't make sense to me in a lot in a lot of ways. So, Yeah, and it's not like why would you want to be getting out of Georgia? It's not like he, he's, that's a sinking ship. <laughs> right, and, like, and like he doesn't have job security there. It's not like he's doing uh, – Georgia coaches are probably feeling pretty good uh, this year, you know, so. And he's feeling pretty good because he's considered the best recruiter in the nation. Right. He's not going to be lacking for opportunities if he was to look on the market. So, I, yeah, I don't know why that. Uh... Unless he just really wanted to come to Auburn, but I, I have not heard that at all. I just think a lot of this wishful thinking that is kind of uh, uh, just turned into vines growing across the Internet and somehow it's gotten some truth to it, even though it's not true. I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from. So mm. uh, jam-packed episode, new AD. Auburn basketball loses a familiar face on and along the offensive line for position coach at Auburn. Signing day is coming up, of course. Uh, basketball faces Georgia Saturday at Auburn Arena. We'll be there. Um, anything else you would like to chat about, Mike, that doesn't deal with sports or anything that does deal with sports? Did you enjoy the snow day? Uh, no. I mean, I tried to make it to the game, and that was kind of – a wild, uh, I posted on the board kind of what happened. I was told to basically turn around by a police officer. Uh, probably a good idea because I was reading some of the reports just about what was going on and, and saw it a little bit, but then about what was going to happen tonight. And it sounds like it's going to be pandemonium, and I hope everybody is safe because uh, it's going to get cold and it's going to be icy, and uh, that's not a good combination in the South. And the Auburn basketball team staying the night in Tuscaloosa instead of coming back Wednesday night. As a yeah, they, they pushed their uh, thing back. Bruce, that was supposed to have a press conference at 11. That's been pushed back because they are staying the night, which I think is a great decision. I mean, there's no rush back, right? I mean, it's universally going to be closed, I believe. So um, be safe. I mean, that's kind of the key thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it was bad. You know, it, it might not be bad in Tuscaloosa, uh, but the both ways – to Auburn, uh, 85 and 280 were a uh, disaster. Um, so hopefully they have a safe travels tomorrow as well because, man, was it ugly. People were just, like, stopping and just quitting like because they don't see this kind of weather. It's crazy to me. Yeah, but. well, of course, the roads aren't treated either, so that makes it even worse. And, yeah, uh, well, that's what happened today with the semis and everything, but uh, it was crazy out. So, And it was legitimate snow. I mean, it was legitimate. This was the first weather that was legitimate, me being down here. Um, yeah. But it was bad. Yeah, and my driveway is still all ice right now. It's, uh, Does it? Yeah. I have, did it clean it off? Wife's going to go to work in the morning. I don't know how that's going to happen. I said I was going to shovel it up, but I was like, yeah, it's not happening. Get some sand or something. Yeah. But who has like a storage of sand in their yeah exactly rod so i mean i used to when i lived in northwest arkansas i had you know i kept a bag of salt you know for the the porch or the walkway sidewalk but that was about it yeah you know so don't that's worry about that here you usually don't but today it was a, an exception to the rule two snowfalls in auburn this year yeah that's crazy, crazy. And uh, I, I guess I got this right. James Spann, a, a Birmingham meteorologist, uh, said that this was the first time since the blizzard of 93, which I'm sure a lot of folks remember, uh, that every county in the state of Alabama had some sort of snowfall on the same day. So it's happened twice in the last 25 years? Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. I was also hearing that, uh, you know, you ever been to Pensacola? I have not. Well, there's a huge bridge connecting Pensacola proper to Pensacola Beach. 
Yeah, it's, okay. it's, okay. a, it's a, like a few miles long, and apparently it was just solid ice. And well, that's uh, yeah, um, and they finally reopened it like in the afternoon. Um, so yeah, that would be freaky. Um, but seeing some of the pictures, even in South Alabama, of like the overpasses and goodness, what was it like seven miles here in Auburn of 85 were shut down 50 to 57. Yeah. The yeah that's yeah. nuts. Well, like I said, I got out there and they were just like, it, it ain't happening, buddy. And, uh, I don't think any of the beat reporters, I think about five of them were going to go, yeah. uh, made it to the game. So it kind of shows you just, uh, um, well, it's for the best because there, there, there's no reason to risk that. Um, no, and especially at night, uh, just yeah. what you can't see and just you—it's not you necessarily that you're worried about. It's <laughs> else. Yeah. So, um, well, that and uh, you know, if you were going up 280, that's different. But if you were, you know, if you were coming through Montgomery and then that—I uh, always forget the name of the road, but it's pretty much two lanes between Montgomery and Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that one that was closed after the game oh, two man. years ago. Yeah. It was that major accident that I I think all the beat writers are stuck in for an hour because there was a yeah. scary accident. And that's that's a spot where you could go off the road easily. Yeah, even, even without the weather. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody, uh, I, you know, Auburn fans that made it out to the game are from here, uh, make it back safe. Yeah. Finally, be above freezing Thursday. Let's get the. I want, I'm already ready for the snow to be gone. To welcome uh, the new AD. Yes. Yeah. The AD is going to land and go. I thought I left Buffalo. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I quit. Yeah. I quit. I resigned. Here's my resignation letter. All right. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Uh, I've been Brendan Marcel. That's been Michael Nislick. Make sure to visit wehavedonuts.com. They're a proud sponsor of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. And of course, we have full coverage of everything Auburn, including the new athletics director, the hot streak of basketball, and Auburn recruiting as football uh, still ramping up towards signing day, all available at auburn.247sports.com or auburnundercover.com. Thanks, and we'll see you down the road.